okay. Tuesday night, March the 30th, 2021, and I'm Donald Wayne, and I appreciate you joining us for another episode of Trice Talk. Um, waiting on Dennis Lee. He'll be here in just a couple of minutes. He's been delayed. So um, typically, this is where we just kind of banter around for a couple of minutes. So um, I'm just going to, let me cut this off here so this won't keep ringing in my ear. Um, we're going to talk about several, uh, issues tonight. Uh, generally on Tuesdays, we continue talking about politics that are hot, uh, topics right now. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of things to talk about and we'll have some of our regular stuff in here too. Uh, we do this day in history and we do, um, national calendar days to kind of lighten it up a little bit. And then just whatever else comes along the pike. Um, let me see what I can do here. Um, the first thing I'm going to, um, well, let's see this. Yeah. We got one more day left of March, right? Yeah. So we got one more day left of March. We're going to be into April. It already this week in Atlanta, we're, this show is coming to you out of Atlanta, Georgia. And already we've had, um, almost summer light weather here several times, uh, in the past week. And, uh, and of course now the pollen is going nuts here. I don't know any of you that are listening in the South, but we, uh, especially on the Eastern coast, we have, the yellow plague this time of the year, which is basically uh, everything starting to bloom and it covers cars, houses, people, anything that you have outside is going to be uh, some shade of yellow now for the next three or four weeks. And um, 
we've kind of talked about this before, but you know, this is typically the time of the year, either you're a fanatic and you wash your car all the time. Cause when I go by this car wash, that's close to where I live. I mean, even on days, uh, after we've had some, uh, storms and so forth, uh, people will be lined up at the car wash trying to get that little bit of mess cleaned off, even if they know another one's coming through the next day. Well, it's the same way with this uh, yellow plague that we have every year. Uh, it kind of, you know, there's really no point to washing your car unless you're really a fanatic about that kind of stuff. So uh, I won't be washing mine until probably <laughs> towards the end of April. Uh, I may blow it off with the uh, leaf blower every once in a while, just get the heavy dust. But uh, so, yeah, that's what we have to deal with here on the, on the eastern side of the country. Hey, Dennis Lee. Hey, Donald Wayne. I'm sorry. I was uh, shoveling out of the yellow snow. It took a minute to make <laughs> well, it to the studio. Or... Were you shoveling in the in the snow or in the... Uh... Uh, out of it, in it. Now, wait a minute. The yellow snow, that that's kind of a whole different ball game from what I'm talking about. <laughs> the... <laughs> if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. Uh... Did you, did you hear the music when you clicked in? I did or, actually. Yes. Okay. I did. All right. So it was yeah. going tonight. Yes. I, you were having no musical issues tonight. All right. Uh, don't you, do you know that song? Don't you? I feel like I've heard that before. I don't yeah, know where I, I heard it before, but I, I do feel like I, well, that, that I was the it. pussycat dolls that was singing oh, that i don't know who the guy was that was oh. rapping but uh, that's probably not the version they played on you know that that was so popular they got played on the radio a lot at least i don't think it is but oh. that's the one i the came up puss, with i kind of like to get those dolls the pussycat uh, we've we've played them before haven't we have we now i think maybe it was hey, one of just stuck <laughs> hey just stuck it maybe is one of those nights when we were doing all all those songs and things. Um, I swear I've played some songs by them hmm. before. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have. I don't remember. I, I would have thought I would have remembered that name. Yes, but, I would uh, think it would stick in your yeah, head somewhere. Yes, <laughs> but um, no, no. Now you notice that the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, the yellow plague is, is just really kind of exploded the last few days. Uh, oh yeah. I had a car wash yesterday and today it was covered. Um, and like droplets of it, you know how oh, it's yeah. weird, how there'll be little, it'll start to kind of coagulate on the car yep. and you're like, what in the world? It's just, and then you can, and then it, it, it'll blow off the car and blow in your face and you're just yeah, it's, it's horrible. Horrible. It's, it's like uh, bursts of um, little pods all over your vehicle. I don't, you know, as I was saying, I don't even wash mine probably until towards the end of April, um, especially when you pay twenty dollars a pop to go wash the silly thing. But right. um, I mean, if I, you know, I may take the hose and rinse it off out in the yard or something, but I'm not going to put a lot of effort into it because, you know, especially if you have a dark colored car <laughs> like mine. Um, it just, it has this weird haze to it for uh, several weeks. Yeah. I mean, I've got, uh, I've got to get some hose and, um, <laughs> a couple of hose and, 
we need one for the front and one for the back. So there's nothing wrong with letting. <laughs> I, nothing you know, wrong with rinsing off the car, Donald Wayne. You don't know yeah, where you want to go with that, do you? I'm not going anywhere with you it. I'm leaving it exactly where it should be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you wash your vehicle oh, in the back? Dear. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, you want to make sure it's clean in the front and the back. I mean, who yeah, goes around yeah. with a dirty rear end? Yeah, um, but I can I can do that with one hose. I, I, <laughs> you said you had you had to have two. I just didn't understand oh, well, the know, purpose of that. You want to make the job easier is all I'm saying. Um, easier and quicker. Uh, easier and quicker. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll just you yeah. know go ahead and oh like I said, I don't wash mine at at the house anymore. It's just way too much effort. I can go through this car wash up here and in six minutes, I'll be out of there. Uh, the only thing it takes a while is to vacuum it. And I always get that yeah. hose that it sounds like it has <laughs> asthma or something. And, and, and there's something stuck inside that you can't, you know, and so it's not sucking anything out of your car. It's just, um, <laughs> uh, they don't use a hose at the car wash that I go to. They, they have one of those big machines that does all the work. So, a big machine. And, what is that? Yeah, um, I, you know, fancy car washing machine. It's got although a robot it, or something. It sounds, that... Yeah, the, although it sounds like it's going to, it sounds like it's going to rip my wheels off every time I go in there. You know how they guide you in? They're like, okay, a little to the left, a little to the right. Okay, oh, you're, yeah. you're fine. Stop right there. And then the wheel goes, you know, kaplunk. And, yep. um, and then know, it grabs we're not, you. We're not responsible. Yeah, it grabs you. <laughs> um, and then all the special color lights come on. You turn up the music. and Oh, yeah, especially when, you know. yeah, when they're putting, if you get, get a wax job, you know, it, it, ours turns <laughs> blue and green and <laughs> and red. And, you know, it's like you're on a acid trip by the time you come out the other <laughs> end. <goodness>. So, <laughs> Well, welcome, Moxie, uh, to our car wash tips hey, 101. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tuned in just to hear us talk about washing cars. Uh, what did they used to call it? Simonized in your car? Um, I've been Simonized, yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't go around <laughs> telling everybody about that. I mean, you know, but it's, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> to get Simonized. Oh, my goodness. Um, of course, I guess oh. that depends on where you go, but. Uh, well, you know, um, when in Rome, well, you um, know, when, when you're, when you're young and, and you have a car, even if it's a piece of junk, you know, and it's, you don't even have any paint on it. Uh, you find yourself cleaning it quite often, or at least I always did. Uh, and you're proud of yeah. it. Just the fact that it runs now, I'm just happy if it runs and everything works on the inside. All right. So, um, uh, Hey doom. How are you doing great here, sir? Um, yeah, I hey, found in my twenties. Um, you know, when I was younger, man, I would, I would clean it all the time. I couldn't stop cleaning it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, see, so, you know, every time I turned around, I was rubbing it down and you know waxing it. So we're talking about the okay, all right, making it, <laughs> making it. What? <laughs> 
You want to make your car shine, Donald Wayne. I mean, well, yeah, that's true. And I, well, I always got that re- spray re- stuff that you know, makes the tires look like they've <laughs> been dipped in oil. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, have you ever put that stuff on your on your? Isn't it um, Wednesday? Oh, what is it's Tuesday? Oh, no, I totally is, thought it was Wednesday, Jessica. I'm sorry. I wondered why Donald uh, Wayne didn't announce it. Um, uh, but isn't put, it close enough? It's like Wednesday Eve. You you put the armor all on your uh on your floor mats in your car and then when you get in, you know, I'm all slide up under the dashboard. It's so slick. Well, you really like to push the you know, wipe that stuff on the passenger seat and have the unex- unsuspecting friend uh yeah, go ahead, I'll take you to the store. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And See, first time you slow down in real tight. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, have to stop for a squirrel or something like that unexpectedly and they slide into the floorboard uh, you stop for a squirrel you give a squirrel a ride or you just trying to avoid it no you just try not to hit it i mean okay. that's bad luck yeah i know i, I hate yeah i hate I hate it when the, the squirrels run out in the road i mean right. you think evolution would have solved that problem we've had cars on the road for over a hundred years in this country yet squirrels haven't advanced much at all they still don't know that if you run out in front of that you know you're not you know you 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 take your life in your own little four legs well i mean they're busy focusing on you know how they're going to get their next nut all day long i mean uh, they, you know they, well, they're that not is, looking for you know uh, I don't think that they really pay attention to the to the cars. I yeah, that, that could be a problem. That certainly could be, you know, distracting. <laughs> it could be, yes. <laughs> I saw this commercial. I almost <laughs> I saw it on the internet. I almost I almost recorded it so we could use it, but I, I just don't know. It may be too risque, but it was along that same line and I thought, I don't know. Do I you and I'll have to talk about it before I use it, but it it's hilarious. Okay, you listen to it, but I just don't know. Maybe maybe you can have it for uh, your little uh, soiree for the whole. I uh, will remember this is a for the whole family show, yeah. Donald Wayne. Yeah, you uh, can you can certainly have to watch what we touch on this. Well, show, so. I can. I we're kind of like the Disney Channel, you know. <laughs> We <laughs> we're family friendly, but every well, once in a while, I Grandpa knew, has to get a word in there somewhere. Well, you know, we watched uh, we watched some uh, some movies on the Disney Channel this past weekend with the grandbaby, and we're really surprised um, how inappropriate some of those movies were from the eighties and nineties. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, especially even stuff like Shrek has so many innuendos in there. And um, but you yeah, know, if, you, if you're young, you don't. You probably, if you do know it, and you're five or six years old, then you know you, somebody's right. been saying the wrong thing in front of you. But uh, uh, yeah, even Disney movies, uh, they're allowed to have one one f word in there uh, during the movie. Uh, sometimes more than what? one, but. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Oh. The the new age Disney, but oh. um, I digress. All right. Oh. Well, now that we've blown the pollen off our car and we've talked about simonizing, I guess we ought to move on with uh, stuff, huh? Oh, we might as well. Might as well. Oh, 
there's crimson trying to call in here let's see hello crimson bobbling good evening yeah. oh, oh good eric, evening eric is bob bobbling bobbling did oh, you say well, bobbling? everyone bobbling at one time hey eric <laughs> good evening gentlemen good evening crimson. good evening hey eric <laughs> yeah not nice to hear from you crimson um we're still waiting for Ellie J to come back at some point because we love hearing from her and, and we miss hearing her lovely voice. Well, we may have. Hopefully, to, she's listened to this on playback. We may have to send out a a search letter or something. I know. Hmm. So, oh, True. what I I get? Where was I going? I was I was going um, to the uh, well. Don't go anywhere, Donald Wayne. We need you here. <laughs> um, the f- first thing that I had on here tonight was, um, <laughs> and I know I've been talking about this, and I'm unfortunately you're probably going to hear me talk about it a little bit more. As long as I hear idiotic stuff on on the news or on uh, any program on TV or the radio, I'm going to have to bring something up. But. Uh, there was another thing about the water issue in Georgia again today. Another, mm-hmm. I saw another clip, and this one was with um, uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. Which you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the outs with Chris Wallace anyway after the election cycle. But you know, yeah, occasionally I can stand to listen to him. But this particular clip showed up, and he's talking to uh, Lindsey Graham. And he's asking about this new Georgia law and uh, and the water thing came up again. So I'm going to play this, if I can pull this up here, this quick little clip, and then I'll finish my comment about that. But, yeah, they, they can't seem to get off this depriving people of water. Let's see. Where is it? And let's see if this will work. And these are, take a look at some of the provisions in Georgia, and and these are specific ones that a lot of people are having heartburn about, Senator. It would limit the number and location of drop boxes. It allows counties to cut off early voting at 5 p.m. before a lot of working people get off and could go vote. And this is the one that I think is creating the biggest fuss. It prohibits, it makes it a crime to give food or drink to voters waiting in line. Senator, why on earth, if if Americans are willing to wait in hours to vote, would you make it a crime for people to come and give them a bottle of water? Well, we uh, all I can say is that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I agree with you there. But uh, in Georgia, you had an explosion of mail-in balloting. The Carter uh, Baker Commission in 2005 looked at our election system that they had two warnings for us. Absentee mail voting is ripe for fraud and ballot harvesting where an individual can collect ballots on behalf of other people is a threat to democracy as we know it. 
both of those provisions are in HR 1. So if you don't like what they're doing in Georgia, you can go to court and stop them. But what they're doing with HR 1 is destroying the ability of any state to run elections, doing away with voter ID, changing the Federal Election Commission to make it partisan, and institutionalizing national ballot harvesting, which would be a disaster to our elections. Okay. So it's obvious that Lindsey Graham has not seen the bill in Georgia. Uh, it's obvious that Chris Wallace hasn't read the damn thing. So they keep talking about this water. So I kind of figure, you know, at least Lindsey Graham didn't jump on it like the president of the United States did uh, a few days ago and, and was real critical of Georgia about that. And um, but. But anyway, then Graham, he, he pivots to a discussion about H.R. 1, which, uh, um, you know, is, is a real big deal. Now they're calling it S.R. 1 since it's in the Senate. But that's probably something uh, that everybody should pay attention to because it's going to change elections in this country forever if that thing passes the Senate. But um, so let me just say here. One more time for liberals, including the president and all those people in the media that keep lying and saying that Georgia's passed a law that prohibits people giving water to people standing in line to vote. That's not true. Now, of course, I know most of our audience doesn't live in Georgia, and it, it may not matter to you too much about what we've done here, except for the fact that... Um, you know, some of the other states across the country should be doing similar bills to try to protect their the voting integrity of their states. But I'm just going to I'm going to give you this short section of this bill just so people will know exactly what it says in this thing. Um, goes on to say that no person shall solicit votes in any manner or by any means or method, nor shall any person distribute or display any campaign material nor shall any person give, offer to give, or participate in the giving of any money or gifts, including but not limited to food and drink, to an elector or a person standing in line to vote, nor shall any person solicit signatures for any petition. And it goes on to say other things that you can't do as well. And this is within an area of 150 feet from the outer edge of any building that's being used to vote. Um, and also, you cannot do that within on the inside of the building that's being used to vote or within 25 feet of any voter standing in line uh, at a polling place. Um, these restrictions shall not apply to conduct occurring in private offices or areas which cannot be seen or heard by electors. Um, this code section shall not be construed to prohibit a poll officer from distributing materials as required by law, which are necessary for the purpose of instructing electors or distributing materials prepared by the Secretary of State. Um, solely for the purpose of encouraging voter participation or from making available. This is in the law. This is what it says. Or making available self-service water from an unattended re receptacle to an elector waiting in line to vote. In other words, they can have water there as long as it's not something that people and, and the problem we had in Georgia last year was there were so many people that were using uh, 
handing out water and even food. I, I've never even heard of people eating in line before until until recently. That seems to be such an issue here in Georgia, eating in line while you're waiting to vote. But, uh, you know, water can be provided. Water can be there at the polling place. It's just that people who are there for the purpose of soliciting votes cannot be the ones passing that out to the people standing in line. So, no, Mr. President, Georgia has not made it illegal to give people water standing in line. It just prohibits people who are there for the sole purpose of trying to encourage people to vote for their candidate. It keeps them from being able to do that. But even they can, as long as they're outside of that 150 feet range, they could have something set up out there and, and give it to people. So, you know, it's a lie. So if they keep saying it, maybe enough people will believe it. We wouldn't believe some of the out, outrageous things people are saying. I, mean, I saw an a article where people in Hollywood are, are upset about it because Georgia doesn't want these poor people standing in line to have water <laughs> or food. I mean, you know. That'd be a shame. Who That'd eats? be a shame. Uh, you take a Subway uh, you know. sandwich and standing in line to vote? I mean, I'm well, there to vote. Well, you know, Donald Wayne, I mean, it would be horrible to be in jail and be like, oh, what are you in for? Well, uh, <laughs> I was in here for a Chick-fil-A sandwich and some fries. Um, you know, <laughs> Handing them out. The all these days. It's, um, it's insane, but that's that's what keeps getting me back on this subject is because people keep talking about it every day. And, and they, they do not quote the law here in Georgia. Um, and it's, it's just wrong. But, you know, even the president of the United States got it wrong. And uh, obviously he only went by something that someone told him because there's no way in the world he actually knows what the law says. But uh, I, I, I believe they intentionally do it because they want to get people worked up. So anyway. Well, I think so, they accomplished that. Um, <laughs> well, I know one person they they upset about it. You know, oh. they can get water, people. Nobody's going to let Sorry. somebody fall out in the voter line and 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 uh, you know die of thirst. I say they should make us and have a slip and slide out there in front of the voting line and let people do that and frolic in the water. They don't need to drink it, but they can. We'll just stand it. there with a fire hose and just wet people down. How about that? Let's make concessions. <laughs> I mean, we can come together on this. Um, uh, Lord so, have mercy. Anyway, so um, you can well, have it. I mean, since <laughs> well, since we're talking about Georgia, you know they they're one step closer to passing the year-round daylight savings time, um, as an article by Marcus K. Garner has uh, is, is said, um, <clears throat> no more springing forward or falling back for Georgians if state house votes are any indication, he says. Um, the Georgia House of Representatives resoundingly passed a bill that aims to institute standard time across the state and abolish Daylight savings time forever. Um, so, do we get the hour back yeah. before they do that, or, or um, are, are we no, stuck I losing that we're, hour? We're, we're stuck losing an hour for eternity. Jeez. Um, yeah, by by one eleven to forty eight votes, state representatives approved 
Senate Bill 100 that will move Georgia closer to ending the twice annual shift of the clock, either forward or backward. Shift of the clock? Um, shift of the clock, they say. Okay. They don't even like the word daylight savings time. They're not trying to save anything. They say shift of the clock. Um, the initial Senate vote passed 46 to 7. And the legislation was sponsored by Savannah Senator Ben Watson, who suggested that, among other things, <laughs> moving the clock forward and back by an hour each spring and fall was not healthy. Not healthy at all. Um, nor was eating in a voting line. So, no. Um, in, in a, a non-scientific <laughs> survey conducted by Patch earlier this month, more than 2,600 readers were mostly split over whether or not to continue the practice of the advantage going to not. Um, oh, yeah. Riddle me this. It looks like the majority of those sur survey participants will get their way. The new vote, the vote now goes back to the Senate for a final vote, then to Governor Brian Kemp's desk for signing. And, um, yeah. Any indication um, whether he supports that or not? Um, I, I couldn't tell because he had his mask on. So, oh. um, really? You know, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I thought he was <laughs> done with that. <laughs> you know, the, but the guy that does the, um, the sign, I mean, I, I, I wish I knew sign language because he's probably the, um, most entertaining, um, Person to do sign language that I've ever seen in my life. Really enjoy watching him. Is that the guy with the beard? Very animated. Very animated. Do you have a beard? He has a very big beard. Um, yeah. Allegedly, there's ties to the North Pole, but you know how conspiracies <laughs> are. Well, um, you know. he looks a little too slender for that. But um, Santa, uh, the pandemic was hard for Santa last year too. I mean, you know, we've got to branch out and do other things. <laughs> so, hey, guys, so are we in daylight savings time or are we out right now? We're in daylight uh, savings time right now. Are uh, we saving time or are we spending time, Eric? I'm, uh, I'm the know. daylight savings time period uh, because it began back, um, uh, you know, earlier in the month and, and it'll run till the first weekend of November. So, so we're... So do they have daylight. to fall back before they can stop it? Hmm. I would think so. So if we're saving all this daylight, when do we get to spend it? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? Well, <laughs> inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. I guess but, we want. Yeah. I guess we want now. There'll be null and void after this bill passes. I mean, <laughs> uh, all, all that daylight you saved is gone. I want that. my hour back, and then they can do whatever they want with it. Um, well, but yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we're, know, we've lost an hour. We need that back at least, right? Before they it. make it permanent, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll have to get an amendment to that one. So leave it to Savannah <laughs> so, to put this on the bill. So we just have to wait for docket. Kemp to to sign it, right? The right, and then Kemp. Yeah, oh, the Senate's got the Senate's got a vote. Then it'll go to Kemp. So, mm. well, you know, Kemp's trying to trying to repair his reputation since last year's 
election fiasco. So maybe he'll do some things that uh, some people want here in Georgia. And Georgians have told me that they want this daylight savings time to go away. And yeah, I can just hear it now. So, well, actually, I won't be able to because he'll have his mask on. So it'll be muffled. (laughs) Muffled? Okay. Muffled. But that's all I got on that. All right. Well, um, anybody interested in free money? Oh, the lines just lit up, Donald Wayne. Hold oh, on. I, oh, I think we just broke Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're giving money away down there on Tristock. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Selling another kidney. Um, whoa. The, where, where was that? Uh, anyway, so California is giving away some more money. Um, in an article from, I don't even know what this is, but it's sfgate.com. Uh, I take it as being sanfranciscogate.com. It's some kind of uh, online thing from that area of the country. But Tessa McLean files a story. It uh, says, last week, San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced Thursday the city has launched a guaranteed income pilot program for artists affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you're an artist in San Francisco, you got a chance for some free money here. Mm. The six-month program will target art artists in the neighborhoods hardest hit by the pandemic, providing 130 people with $1,000 a month each check. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what kind of check, Donald Wayne? I, th- I probably said that wrong, didn't I? Is he say an easy check? Let me say that again. <laughs> Providing 130 people with $1,000 each month. Oh, okay. Which equals, wow. uh, over six months, it equals about three quarters, three quarters of a million dollars they're going to spend wow. in San Francisco for starving artists, I guess, maybe. Um, so... Okay, I'll yeah. hold my remarks for a minute there, sir. Okay. I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold back. All now. right, you, you hang on to that. Uh, the <laughs> the arts are truly critical to our local economy and are an essential part of our long term recovery. Breed says, which is the mayor. Oh if oh we help the arts recover, the arts will help San Francisco recover too. <clears throat> um, oh and now here's the definition of an artist in San Francisco. <laughs> An artist is defined as someone who actively engages with the community through music, dance, creative writing, visual art, performance art. I don't know what this one says, installation. I have no idea what that means. Uh, (laughs) Installation. Photography. I almost said pornography. Theater or film. Uh, And according to Breed's statement... Um, teaching artists, also arts educators and culturally based craft workers and makers, craft makers are also encouraged (laughs) to apply. So you can apply for this thousand dollar free money for each month for six months uh, through the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, which will run the program and a previously approved city grant will fund it. So applications are due by April the 13th. 
Um, um, you want to comment on that? Because I got one more here in uh, California. Uh, I, I've got a question on that, Donald Wayne. All right, so well, I probably this don't is have coming an from San, Fr- San Francisco, correct? Yes. And they're giving away $1,000 to the different artists that you aforementioned. Yeah, all so, those, that loosely defined artist. The, yes. So if I'm if I'm homeless and not trying to pick on the homeless people, but there are so many of them lining the streets out of side of people's homes in San Francisco, <laughs> and I defecate on the street, am I considered a graphic artist and I can get a thousand dollar check? Thanks because for that, they can, well, they yeah, can, I'm trying to erase <laughs> that. Anytime that. I, that's, that's, uh, anything that I can do to help people sleep at night, but they can't even clean up the problem that they have with people urinating and 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 and, and on the street and uh, the, I mean, and they're going to give people a thousand dollars because they they're they, they can't you know they they can't find employment from for for drawing and and painting and uh, are you I've just lost my, yeah. Yeah, it is I mean, California, but I've also I can't got even a, say what I want to say about that. That's that's. I've got that's, a little ditty on that other issue you raised too. It's it's attached here uh, as I go further down. Um, <laughs> this isn't the first basic income pilot program in San Francisco. In September, the city announced it would provide a basic income to 150 Black and Pacific Islander women during pregnancy. And after giving birth, it doesn't say how long after birth. So, uh, that's, that's what island? What, Pacific what island Islanders. Is uh, it's, it's just still San Francisco. They're giving, they're giving a basic income. It's a pilot program in San Francisco. They're giving basic income to Pacific. 150 black and Pacific Islander women during pregnancy and after giving birth. So, Again, um, I walk out of my <laughs> two to $2,500 a month, you know, condo or whatever it is to walk out on the street in front of my, my domicile. And I'm walk, I'm trying to dodge needles and, and, uh, piles of poo. And, you know, this gentleman is sleeping quite sound out in front of my place, you know, and, but they want to, they want to fund all this. Yeah, well, we're no not wonder through. people are leaving California and piling into Texas. Well, now, thanks um, to Joe Biden and, and uh, the uh, Democrat-controlled House uh, and Senate, uh, California will actually have more money they can spend on this kind of garbage. But we're not uh, through. Uh, this announcement from Breed comes just days after Oakland Mayor Libby Shaft. <laughs> I didn't realize her name was Shaft. Uh <laughs> S-C-H-A-F-F-T, launched her city's own universal income program, giving 600 low-income families of color $500 per month for at least 18 months, which equates to about $5.5 million over that time period. Okay, for what, though? For what? uh, That's that's, uh, basic income. That's, you know, California, they had that city, uh, uh, Sacramento, I believe that maybe it wasn't Sacramento. There was a city in California last year that started this basic income thing. And now it's kind of ballooned and other cities are picking it up and they're just, they're giving, you know, varying amounts to, uh, 
supposedly the poorest in in their cities, but then you know they're only giving it to black communities or people. You know, so it's 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 very limited. Okay. <laughs> again, again, the poorest individuals in their cities are the people who are sleeping out on the streets and in tents. So I just don't get their logic here. Um, there is no logic involved in these plans that they are coming up with to give people a thousand dollars because God forbid they can't go out there and sell their finger paintings that they've been doing all these years, you know, to the, uh, um, they, they should be ashamed of themselves really. Well, there, there is one, uh, also, if you read the whole article by this Tessa McLean, uh, she kind of, uh, infers that, this is an effort to start reparations in a way, a backdoor way to do reparations. But, Oh, here we go. Um, anyway, so, you know, breed and shaft. It sounds like a movie. Uh, they're giving away money in California, but, uh, by the way, since you were talking about those other issues in San Francisco, uh, in 2019, the count for the homeless was between 8,000, and 9,700 people in, in San Francisco. And this, this is not just adults. It's, it includes teenagers and, and small children as well. Um, that's the 2019 numbers. And, oh, yes, San Francisco decided in 2019 they have a new district of, a, district of attorney, district attorney in San Francisco. And it's kind of like that idiot they hired in uh, Los Angeles. He's decided he doesn't want to prosecute a lot of different uh, felonies in, in Los Angeles. Well, they have a DA now in San Francisco and he's decided he will not prosecute cases involving quality of life crimes. You ask, what is a quality of life crime, Dennis Lee? Oh, well, I was, yes, yes. Crimes such as public camping, offering or soliciting sex, public urination, blocking a sidewalk. Those are some of the things that he will not prosecute people for in San Francisco. Slightly, so. I, I, I apologize, but <laughs> you may want to move your family out of California because I believe they're going to sign a petition that, um, that, that, that entails um, ordinances being planted down into the San Andreas Fault thus being ignited and breaking off California into the ocean to um, to expedite that whole process. That what? is the stupidest load of crap that I've ever heard in my life. What hey, is going on in California? <laughs> Unbelievable is right in a few and, other words that I cannot say. And Slightly um, knows all of this stuff that's going on in that state, but I, some, I, some I of this just, is way north of him. So, um, I mean, I, so quality of life is having sex in public and urinating on the street. I well, mean, it says, really, it I, says I, offer, offering or soliciting sex. Now, it doesn't say that you actually, oh, you know, oh, it's in public. You know, you oh, probably should offering go. or soliciting sex. But if you go to one of the tents, uh, it's probably legal oh. since they don't oh. have a problem with tents being on oh, the street. Oh, well, they have a, a sex tent. That's 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 great. Um, um, 
reminds me of the old show streets of san francisco from years ago i mean it's it's not that kind of city anymore so i mean really what a wonderful place to live jeez all right uh i didn't mean to get y'all worked up immensely i'm just wanting to i think well i mean good thing i'm not willing to break anything in this room right here at the moment um it's kind of like me and that water thing right um so let's go from that one to uh meet uh um boston dynamics new robot that will help people um you know not have a job um after having deployed the flagship robot dog spot boston dynamics did for a range of different applications from factory floors to nasa's jet propulsion laboratory robotics company Boston Dynamics has added a brand new specimen to its line of automations. (laughs) Let's try that word. Um, This time designed to move boxes around warehouses. Um, And this is an article by Daphne Le Prince Ringit. Um, The robot is called Stretch. The new robot comes in the form of a mobile base equipped with a robotic arm and gripper and packed with smart sensors and controls that can identify and handle different boxes and shrink-wrapped cases. Um, For now, Stretch's main ability consists of identifying, gripping, and unloading boxes off of trucks, but according to Boston Dynamics, the robot will later expand into order building. Um... Research shows that um, there are uh, currently 150,000 warehouses in the world. I feel like there should be more than that. Um, yeah. And representing roughly 25 billion square feet of space. But the boom that online sales have experienced as a result of COVID um, is expected to require an additional 28,500 buildings to be added in the next five years. Um, the e-commerce sector saw sales grow more than 30% in 2020, the article says, much steeper than growth was seen in previous years. Um, automation and the efficiencies it can generate in the warehouse is increasingly seen as a useful solution to cope with the explosion of demand. I guess folks don't want to work in warehouses. You know, actually, those jobs don't pay too bad. Um, there are all those people that are you know, saying $15 an hour. Warehouses are struggling to meet rapidly increasing demand as the world relies more on just in-time delivery of goods, the article says. Um, Mobile robots enable the flexible movement of materials and improve working conditions for employees. Do they? By having less? Um, Stretch combines Boston Dynamics advancements in mobility, perception, and manipulation to tackle the most challenging injury-prone case handling task. And we're excited to see it put to work. I bet you are. (laughs) Um, One of Stretch's key selling points, and I think it's funny his name is Stretch, is the robotics (laughs) robot's ability to move around the warehouse floor, which means it can navigate loading docks, fit in smaller spaces, and adapt to changing facility layouts. The... um, this said, uh, Boston Dynamics said, will increase productivity in comparison to fixed robotic arms that are seen in certain settings, which are harder to move around. Um, once Stretch made its way to the loading dots, the robot's perception 
mass, which is fitted with a computer vision technology, detects the boxes it needs to take care of. A seven degrees of freedom arm will then reach through the truck or pallet with it. Uh, it's in a smart gripper that will stick onto the cases and start unloading. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's safe, right? I mean, you know, I look, if they're going to pay, uh, you know, artists $1,000 because they can't, you know, finger paint, then for goodness <laughs> sake, they should be writing a check for people who are put out of work by, you know, old stretch. Um, what a you name. Know, and there's a, right? I thought it was, it was funny too. And, and you'll be able to see it on our Facebook page. There's a picture of old stretch, uh, just moving around, lifting boxes. Um, but so, so this is something that, that's coming, it's coming to fruition. So. And, and we've been talking about automation a lot, you know, this last year. And um, so if that's becoming more common in, in those kind of settings, why is it that we keep saying, why do, do Biden and, and the Democrats say we, we still need labor coming into the country? If we're eliminating well, we, jobs for people well, that are already here. To put up solar panels, um, <laughs> you know, and plant trees, um, you know, and, and, and things like that. So, you know, but, but, you know, obviously, I mean, more more than likely he'll forget whatever plan he proposed in the first <laughs> place. So um, that uh, that probably won't happen. Shovel ready job. So now, um, you know, that's coming. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're coming out with more and more <clears throat> of these robots to take place of workers that don't want to do manual labor and there's a lot of money in it. Well, why do they need to do manual labor when, uh, you know, it's the ultimate plan is to just provide everybody with a basic income and they won't have to work if they don't want to. Oh well, yeah. It'll be the incentive for everybody to depend on the government. You've got automated, uh, delivery trucks, who are automated delivery vehicles, um, um, automate. You got robots um, loading and unloading trucks and packing your boxes and delivering your boxes. They've got robots now that they're trying out that uh, will deliver the packages for FedEx and Amazon uh, on the sidewalk. You know, instead of a mail carrier, there'll be a robot that comes by and shoot your mail right into the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and you can pay it, you know, they, 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 they cost less to operate. They don't have to take bathroom breaks or go to lunch or cause you any HR difficulties. Um, unless one has a glitch, you know, yeah, and all those jobs look like all those jobs they're eliminating are going those people can just move over to the uh, green energy sector of uh, the economy oh, yeah. and, and yeah. get jobs uh, That's right. putting up solar panels and windmills. Well, be, like that, uh, be like that movie Wally. You know, we'll all be floating around on these little platforms because, I mean, we don't walk, we don't even walk to the bathroom anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I we, speak for we, yourself. We, I, just, we just eat. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the matrix. That's where you, uh, you just get fed. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, that's something to look forward something to. Something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. That's what we, we say a lot around here. We Something else to look uh, forward yeah. to. That's right. Well, Dennis Lee, do you have a uh, This Day in History? Well, Donald Wayne, I'm glad you asked. There's always a day in history, and this day is unlike, uh, as you know. Yeah, we have one today, too. <laughs> um, so... This day in history, on March 30th, 1981, President Ronald Reagan is shot in the chest outside a Washington, D.C. hotel by a deranged drifter named John Hinckley Jr. The president had just finished addressing a labor meeting at the Washington Hilton Hotel and was walking with his entourage to his limousine when Hinckley, standing among a group of reporters, fired six shots at the president hitting Reagan and three of his attendants. White House Press Secretary James Brady was shot in the head and critically wounded. Sir, uh, Secret Service agent Timothy McCarthy was shot in the side, and District of Columbia policeman Thomas Delahaney uh, was shot in the neck. After firing the shots, Hinckley was overpowered and pinned against the wall, and the President Reagan, apparently unaware that he'd been shot, was shoved into his limousine by a Secret Service agent and rushed to the hospital. Um, the president was shot in the left lung, and the twenty-two caliber bullet just missed his heart. In an impressive feat for a 70-year-old man with a collapsed lung, he walked into George Washington University Hospital under his own power. And he was treated and prepared for surgery. He was in good spirits and quipped to his wife, Nancy, Honey, I forgot to duck. And to his surgeons, <laughs> please tell me you're Republicans. <laughs> Reagan's surgery lasted two hours, and he was listed in stable and good condition afterwards. <clears throat> the next day, the president resumed some of his executive duties and signed a piece of legislation from his hospital bed. On April 11th, he returned to the White House. Reagan's popularity soared after the assassination attempt, and at the end of April, he was given a hero's welcome by Congress. In August, the same Congress passed his controversial, or how about a controversial one, economic <laughs> program, with several Democrats breaking ranks to bank, uh, to bank and back Reagan's plan. By this time, Reagan claimed to be caref uh, fully recovered from the assassination attempt. In private, however, he could continue to feel the effects of nearly fatal gunshot wounds for years. Of the victims of, of the assassination attempt, the Secret Service agent Timothy McCarthy and D.C. policeman Thomas Delahaney eventually recovered. James Brady, who nearly died after being, being shot in the eye, suffered permanent brain damage. He later became an advocate of gun control, and in 1993, Congress passed the Brady Bill, which established a five-day waiting period and background checks for prospective uh, gun buyers. President Bill Clinton signed the bill into law. Um, after being arrested on March 30, 1981, 25-year-old Hinckley was booked on federal charges of attempting to assassinate the president. He had previously been arrested in Tennessee on weapons charges, and in June 1982, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. 
uh, in the trial, Hinckley's defense attorney argued that their client was ill with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, no one in uh, Congress has that. Uh, citing medical evidence and had a pathological obsession with the 1976 film Taxi Driver, in which the main character attempts to assassinate a fictional senator. <clears throat> His lawyers uh, claimed that Hinckley saw the movie more than a dozen times and was obsessed with the lead actress, Jodie Foster, and had attempted to reenact the events of the film in his own life. Thus, the movie, not Hinckley, they argued was the actual planning force behind the events that occurred on March 30th, 1981. The verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity aroused widespread public criticism, and many were shocked that a would-be presidential assassin could avoid being held accountable for his crime. But however, uh, because of his obvious threat to society, he was placed in St. Elizabeth's Hospital, a mental institution, and in the late 1990s, Hinckley's attorney began arguing that his mental illness was in remission and thus had a right to return to a normal life. <laughs> Beginning in August 1999, he was allowed supervised day trips off the week uh, off the hospital grounds and later was allowed to visit his parents once a week unsupervised. The Secret Service voluntarily monitored him during these outings, and in, 19, in 2016, he was giving a, uh, given a conditional release to move in with his um, mother in Williamsburg, Virginia. And in 2018, a judge ruled he can now live within 75 miles of Williamsburg, provided he meets regularly with his psychiatrist and social worker, among other conditions. Jeez, and that's... I, did, I don't history. remember hearing that. That, that. 1981. I, I do remember something about that um, because people were uh, a little bothered by that, and as they should be. Mm. Um, well, they better not make a big issue of that today. That won't go over too well. Not too well at all. It, it'll just fit some of the narrative that that gets tossed around. Yeah, I remember the Jodie Foster thing, though. Um, right. He was kind of obsessed with her. I, I mean, I thought at one time they said that was his primary uh, reason he was trying to get her attention. Well, but, you uh, thought that he would have had a mohawk. Um, um, yeah, like, uh, I, I don't uh, know whether um, you know he was ever classified as stalking Jodie Foster or not. Was he? Yeah, I but don't I remember. I think he was uh, thinking that by doing this, he would get her attention. Well, he got everybody's attention. But uh, is he even still alive now? I'm, I'm not. I'm not really sure, just that. I don't know. I I, I don't I'm even remember not, him getting out. So I guess I lost track of that. It obviously <clears throat> wasn't on the front page, or nobody made a big deal out of it. You'd think right. they would, though. They were probably too busy running around after Republicans for one reason or another. No, especially now. Um, All right. We, you got the well, boys with you tonight? Yeah, let me, let me get the boys out. Hey, hey, get out of that over there. Let me, uh, let me get them over here. They, they get sidetracked. Um,
Moving into April. All right. So as you know, these are, well, actually it's after midnight now. So they are for today, right? These are calendar days for Wednesday, March the 31st. Now this first thing I found on there, you know, usually I. I... What in the world? What in the heck is that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you okay, Donald Wayne? I don't know. Oh. I just. I'm hearing things. Sounds um, like you might have been abducted or probed or something. I'm not sure what, what's, the, what's going on over there. The first thing on the list, I don't know if this is bona fide or not, because when I clicked Whoa. on it to, to check on it, yeah. it said uh, this site is blocked from me checking this one. So, uh, But it, it was supposed to be National Bunsen Burner Day, um, oh. which seems kind of odd kind of day but then they do have some odd ones in there so i can't tell you anything about national bunsen burner day um you'll just have to make some stuff up on your own uh the next one is national clams on the half shell day anybody ever had clams on the half shell um i've eaten clams but i don't i don't recall anything like that um the best variety of hard shell clams, also called, <laughs> I don't know if this is quahogs or quags. I'm not really sure, but that's, <laughs> it's. Uh, pardon me, Donald Wayne, but uh, quahog, isn't that what they um, send people out in the woods to hunt in Louisiana that's when they're snipes. playing a practical joke on them? Uh, oh, that's snipes. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, squabs. I don't think it's a quahog. Uh, but a uh, quahog, isn't that a drug that you take? Or, no, that was a quaalude. quaalude. Uh, I don't know. You, you we'll have your... to get research involved in that. I know. Well, you know, I didn't mean to cause controversy over that one, but <laughs> um, you have. Though. We're talking about hard shell clams. Uh, <laughs> for serving on the half shell is the top neck. That's the best clam that you can get for half shell use. Top neck. Uh, but you will find <laughs> recipes listing <laughs> little necks and cherry stone as well. I didn't know they had such names for clams. Um, one popular on the half shell recipe originated in Rhode Island, often served as an appetizer. It's called hmm. clams casino, and it's served oh, with well, toasted breadcrumbs. Clams casino on the way to Texas. Um, <laughs> To get gas, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. It looked yeah, pretty shady. Don't, so. don't buy clams at a service station on, on the interstate. Exactly. You know, Nor sushi. No. Or uh, or the Stuckies, you know, if you have a Stuckies. Yeah. Um, today is also National Crayon Day. And oh. it says that wax and chalk-based crayons have been used by artists around the world for centuries. And I guess they do them, use them out in California and San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I you get a crayon artist, you get a, or, yeah. <laughs> Edwin Binney created the brightly colored crayons we are familiar with today. In 1903, 
Benny and Smith created the Crayola division of their company and produced colored wax crayons for children for the first time. Um, that's enough about that. <laughs> um, that's just, you know, talking about that's wax. Bad when you get bored by your own story. I know. It's, <laughs> it's just talking about wax and dustless chalk that teachers mm -hmm. like, so. Uh, oh boy! Nothing wrong, you know, with teachers liking dust, dustless chalk, but it's also National oh, Prom oh, Day, <laughs> and I don't guess I really need to explain explain, explain Prom Day. I wish could I you got, could you explain that, Donald Wayne? <laughs> could y'all bring me some water? Uh, the, if it's not illegal, where was it? Prom day. Uh, so that's self-explanatory. I don't need to talk about it. Hopefully they'll get to have some proms this year, but supposedly March is when people, I don't know. Do they, do they invite, is that when you invite people to go to the prom? I don't know. Um, it's also, this is one of your favorite days, Dennis Lee national tater day. Tater day. Tater day. Oh, well it should be Roberts too. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, he'd never admit it. Uh, <laughs> tater Day started way back in the 1840s with the trading and selling of sweet potatoes. It's the oldest oh, continuous uh, trade day in the United States. How about that? There's nothing slightly. Is it the oldest <laughs> continuous trade day? I, you oh, know, in the I United don't, States. I don't write okay. these things. This, this, put you it know, in the. In the world perspective that's probably you, a different commodity can you so, spell that t-a-t-e-r uh, tater tater if you're in alabama you say tater Where, where's cummings when we need him he he <laughs> but it's tater um and it goes there's nothing like the feel and smell of a firm spud in your hand so that's national tater day but i didn't know it was sweet potatoes was the first thing that made the list it's also I, I like this day national little red wagon day oh. um for nearly 100 years radio flyer has been bringing smiles to kids of all ages and creating warm memories that last a lifetime. <laughs> warm memories i don't um, i don't know as who opposed to these cold things. memories <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pulling him around, uh, pulling him around the neighborhood. Um, the uh, iconic toy is one of the most endearing toys of all times. For uh, generations, right. children have led little red wagons down Independence <laughs> Day parade routes. <laughs> <laughs> Carried out infinite Im imaginary missions and voyages of a childhood fantasy type. Uh, it's not unusual for little red wagons to be handed down from one generation to the next. So I think that's how they do the Uber test uh, before you can actually get uh, employment with Uber. You have to drag people around in a little red wagon there, BP. So, really? Allegedly. Well, allegedly. Uh, couldn't get very many in there, I would say. But Well, it depends. You could pack a lot of... <laughs> well... <laughs> Oh boy, here we Haters. go. True story, <laughs> BP says. True story. Oh man. Uh, all right. The last thing on the list is and it's a nice little little thought here. Manatee Appreciation Day. Um these slow moving uh, herbivores. Man what? Oh, okay. I, th 
I thought you said man and tea. Um, sorry. <laughs> man with tea? Manatee. Okay. Not humanity. Uh, it's appreciation day. These slow moving herbivores inhabit slow, slow, oh, slow rivers, <laughs> canals, and saltwater bays, estuaries. And coastal areas around the world. All three species of manatees are considered gentle giants, spending most of their time eating, sleeping, and traveling, which is, you know, I, I know people like that. But um, manatees are related to the elephant. Did you know that, Dennis Lee? I did not. And did uh, uh, well, where's their trunk? Uh, they must be a more of a said related. Didn't, it didn't say they were exact copies, but <clears> due <throat> to their immense size, they graze up to eight hours a day. And oh, um, this is this is kind of weird. It's a shame humans can't do this. Manatees continually replace their teeth. A new set is always growing behind the current set of teeth. Oh. Oh, wow. oh. That would that would save save us a lot of money. Um <laughs> They they weigh between six hundred and twelve hundred pounds, and they live up to about sixty years of age. So, well, that's pretty old for a twelve hundred pound object. <laughs> well, I, you know, whales live a long time too. I guess, but you know, that's uh. So that's it, Dennis Lee. If the boys oh, well, are still get- awake. Uh, well, I mean, they're looking up pictures of that animal you just had on there. So let me get away from the computer. Um, they thought it was something else. So here we go. Appreciate it, boys. Yeah, thank you, boys. <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I guess we'll get serious again. Um, Why so serious? <laughs> Why so serious? Uh, <laughs> my first story is uh, from my old buddy Mike Huckabee, <laughs> the morning edition for March the 30th. And I was actually going to use an article from a, a different story for this spot. But uh, when I saw this one, I thought, well, you know, I got to do it. You know, kind of I'm just I'm inspired today by water stories and <laughs> these kinds of stories. But the title is everything Democrats don't like is racist. And I think if you really think about all the comments that have been made in recent weeks, that pretty much holds true. But. So anyway, so Huckabee writes, is anyone else beginning to suspect that leftists now apply the word racist to everything they don't like that stands in their path to power or that they just find too hard to understand? Math is now racist. The scientific method is uh, now racist. Indeed, all science. Um, Fossil fuels are racist and on and on and on. Even the Senate filibuster is now a racist, racist relic of the Jim Crow era, even though the Democrats used it 327 times in 2020 
compared to only once by the Republicans. That was the number I was trying to remember the other night when we were talking about, uh, you know, Democrats wanting to get rid of the filibuster. I couldn't remember how many times they had used it, you know, since they've had control of, of the House. But um, Senator Tim Scott notes that Democrats even use the filibuster to block his police reform bill that they claim they wanted because it would help black Americans. So many things are suddenly racist that we have to keep a daily running tally. And since we took Sunday off, now we have to catch up. So grab your notepads and your overpowering sense of white guilt. First, this is interesting. First, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, being colorblind can be racist. They have added a new addendum to the positive definition of colorblind. One that says it often suggests a failure or refusal to acknowledge or address the many racial inequities that exist in society or to acknowledge important aspects of racial identity. So either direction you go with that word, you're in trouble. Uh, it should be noted that Merriam-Webster has also revised the meanings of the words black, brown, and white. And I haven't looked them up yet, but uh, that'll that's on my list to do before tomorrow's show. It goes without saying that if you think in terms of race, you're a racist. But now, if you don't think in terms of race, you might still be a racist. Second, sheet music is now racist. Sheet music. I don't know how, since you only only play the black notes and ignore the white part, but it it is just according to Britain's Oxford University. They're considering getting rid of studying sheet music as a part of their music education curriculum because of accusations that they complicate or wait a minute, I'm sorry. They they're complicit in white supremacy, sheet music is, along with also cutting the study of all those composers from the white colonial era like Beethoven, Bach, and Mozart. What can someone seeking an education in music learn from them when there are Cardi B recordings to study? Apparently, <laughs> that's, that's what Huckabee's saying here. It's not my words. Apparently, expecting music students to read sheet music is standing in the way of inclusiveness. Some might say that the university-level music programs really shouldn't include students who can't even read sheet music, but that's just their white colonialism talking. The short of Marxist <clears throat> critical race theory garbage might be all the rage among academics, since, as George Orwell noted, there are some ideas so absurd that only an intellectual could believe them. But then Orwell was a white male, so we can safely ignore him now. But here's the really here's the reality that students pushing for this nonsense, as well as the administrators caving into it, should bear in mind. Taking a wrecking ball to standards doesn't create new standards. It just destroys the proven ones. All this does is tell any any serious student of music that they'd better not go to Oxford now because they'll get a substandard music education and everyone they might want to work for will know it. 
just as any budding scientist, engineer, or doctor who goes to a university that teaches that STEM subjects are racist, biology is meaningless, the scientific method is white supremacy, or that two plus two equals whatever makes you feel good about yourself. These schools aren't changing the world, they're just ruining their own reputations and those of any students unfortunate enough to attend them. University administrators may think they have to commit career suicide to appease the woke mob, but if you're a young person looking for a real education in exchange for all those tuition dollars, you don't have to jump off the cliff with them. And that's all Huckabee has to say about that. Well, there's some young white Americans that don't even know what a colonialist is. <laughs> well, I, you know, but I mean, I, I find that it's so true that every day, everything that somebody doesn't like, if it's something that the the left media is complaining about, it has something to do with racism. Every The motivation for everything that's wrong in this country right now appears to be racism. And, you know, Mike Huckabee always addresses things with, with a you know, pretty good sense of humor. But, um, I mean, for Merriam-Webster to change or add something to the definition of um you know, colorblind is, is, is wild that we're at that point in our society that now we're, we're adjusting words so they can mean what people are making up that they mean. And I well, can't I like wait. What, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I like what Jess Duck said, um, but don't we want to be colorblind because color doesn't matter. So you but should not, aspire to be colorblind. But not anymore, because that it doesn't, I mean, it means that. It means that you're not supposed to pay attention or it meant that you do not look at a person's color. But now they're saying if you ignore the fact that there's a difference in color, uh, that, that you're a racist. In fact, I heard something on the news today. I probably shouldn't quote it because I can't remember the whole thing. But there was some uh, teacher that was giving a student a hard time. And I don't know if it was high school or what grade level, but from the sound of his voice, it sounded like he was, you know, pretty deep voice. So I'm assuming high school, but she was giving him a hard time because they were doing something in class that there was a picture of two people uh, they were supposed to look at and, and I guess describe, and he was not describing it the way that the teacher wanted it described in the fact that one person was white and one was black. So he was, he was basically getting scolded because he didn't recognize the difference in the two pictures. <clears throat> now that's, hmm. I'm more and more every day. I hear stories that that's the kind of garbage that they're, they're starting to teach in schools. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing that the word colorblind now they've, you know, you can't win with colorblind anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's only going to get worse. Well, you know, that, that makes me think of a story where a python pops out of a toilet while an unsuspecting <laughs> man is sitting on it. And that's exactly what Annabelle Doliner wrote about in Newsweek. Um, my goodness. Um, 
A 45-year-old man in Thailand had what could be described as the worst bathroom experience of his life. The man was reportedly sitting on the toilet like any normal day when he suddenly felt something bump his rear end from inside the bowl. Um, I wouldn't be visiting his house. Luckily, they don't give his name. I don't think. Uh, nope, they do. Don't go to this guy's house. According to Yahoo News in UK, when the man peered down, he saw a giant python staring back at him. After seeing the snake, the man, known only by his first name, some chai, reportedly jumped off the seat and raced to pull up his pants. Spotting detergent on a nearby shelf, he said, uh, he is said to have dumped some on the python, hoping to scare it away. The python, however, was reportedly unfazed by, by some chai and is uh, determined his detergent and decided to stay put. Uh, emergency services were called to assist in the March 28th incident, um, which occurred in the Samut Prakan province of central Thailand or Thailand. Thailand. It was near. It was near his thigh. I'm just letting you know. Uh, a video of the ordeal captured volunteer uh, Caddy Sack Misang, a member of the responding rescue team, attempting to lure the python out of the toilet. And that does sound like a bad movie, BP. I know you're going to say it. Um, Misang is seen watching the snake waiting for its head to emerge from the toilet bowl. Should he act too soon, he could startle the snake, sending it back into the drain where it could escape into another unweary <laughs> bum. Wearing protective gloves, Misang grabs a python's neck as soon as it peeks its head far enough out of the toilet bowl. <laughs> the clip also shows footage from after the snake had been successfully retrieved from the toilet. Me saying holds the snake for the camera, highlighting its enormous length. The snake is then placed into a bag, which is reportedly used to bring the creature safely back into the wild. I um, will not be grabbing a snake. <laughs> especially out of the toilet. Um, describing the importance of safety of safely retrieving the snake, Misang reportedly said, this could have been much worse as pythons are aggressive and will bite people. He added, we also had to be careful not to lose the snake as the resident did not want it living in his pipe work, uh, which it was <laughs> obviously going for. So as terrifying and bizarre as it may seem, people all over the world have reported their own versions of this unsettling and dangerous experience. Um, in October, for example, a woman in Thailand, um, Thailand uh, <laughs> was bitten by a seven-foot python after sitting on the toilet. And I think we remember um, talking about that story. The next month, a python was found hiding out in a toilet in Australia. Snakes have also been known to find their way into a household appliance like dryers. Um, luckily, no one involved in this most recent example is reported to have been injured in the incident. For those who might be particularly nervous about finding a snake in their toilet, 
Some chai's ordeal can act as a reminder to always check the seat before you sit down. Well, how do they get in there? Um, Up through the plumbing, as Uh far as I can tell. Um, I don't know that we have a python problem around here, but now Florida, that could be an issue. They've got a lot of loose pythons down there. It could be coming up through the toilets. Um, we know. We'll have to watch it next time we go down to Orlando or something like that. It's It's been a story in the news before that a lot of times people will flush uh, snakes. You know, they get snakes. You know, they buy them from pet stores and, and, and frogs and, um, what well, I was going to say, alligators, stuff like that. And, and they end up flushing them down the toilet. So a lot of these things live in the sewers. And then, you know, eventually they just find their way up. Uh, well, I tell you what, you know, some Che sound like he was pretty calm. Um, I wouldn't have a bathroom left. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> BP said he found a mouse or a rat. A um, rat. I, yeah, I saw that comment too. Oh, my goodness. Um. Jeez. Yeah. yeah that, um, he, oh, I found the comment. I was at a old job getting ready to sit down and seen a pig rat in the toilet. <laughs> Are you sure well, it was a rat, BP? <laughs> uh, um, but, but flushing like snakes and, and frogs down the toilet, you would think, isn't that illegal? Well, uh, I, I don't know if it's illegal, know, but... I don't I mean, uh, I, I or, or you would think there. that ought to be illegal. It should be, but I mean, who's yeah, you know, and, and you know, PETA would be, um, be just <laughs> losing their, you know, what? Be like, well, you know what? I know this guy, um, Henry, that flushed a rat down the toilet, and I, you, I, I, you know, I guess you'd have to go telling on people because how else would they know? Well, how would you prove it? Came, yeah, unless you go, videoed you know, them, uh, right? Yeah. Shoving the animal down the, the toilet. <laughs> Um, the, the word um, I was going to say about Peter losing their you-know-what is their sugar honey iced tea. Oh, my. <laughs> Scandalous. Well, speaking um, of frogs, I sat on a frog one time. Did you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't figure that out. It was a little, like a little tree frog. Hmm. Well, at least it wasn't a toad. Except it was in the warts. middle of the night, you know? It was kind of oh. weird. That is a little weird. I don't know if we'll get into that story right now. <laughs> you know, Atlanta has a, a a rat problem, and um, oh, do they? I, yeah. yeah, and and there's stories about them coming up through uh, toilets sometimes uh, from the sewers. But uh, yeah, I work for this company that had a property down in Atlanta. And uh, they they did some work on the sewer line up on the main road. So this property, uh, we got a call one night, and there was hundreds of rats running around the parking lot. Of course, these idiots were keeping their garbage outside their doors at night so they could take uh. them to the dumpster the next day. And the rats were going after the food. But literally, they told me there were hundreds of rats running around the oh. parking lot and the hallways. And... Um, and then I, I believe there were stories about them coming up through the toilet as well, but mm. it was a problem. 
But in, in the older cities with older, older sewer systems are a big issue too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've I've heard mm-hmm. stories of people flushing pythons and and things down toilets to get rid of them. Yeah, but I, I always thought that was after a good colon cleanse or something like that. I didn't know that, that <laughs> right? people were what? actually doing that. <laughs> how, how do you connect the dot on those two things? Have you seen videos of a colon cleanse? No, wow. Well, oh, it's uh, like a Gila monster. Um, my geez. goodness. Son. Yeah, this isn't a medical I, show. We I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I lost my whole train of thought after that you know, <laughs> I, I remember my aunt Jean like you know I, after her son Dan had died um, he, you know because her son had had like adopted and raised um, like pythons and stuff um, she had kept them for like a few years after he had died and then later donated them to Zoo Atlanta oh yeah, that that was a story I heard. <laughs> well, we're speechless. Don't wait, I mean, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of things that I've flushed down the toilet. He's still life. thinking about the colon cleanse. Huh? <laughs> no, no, I've erased that. That, one. <laughs> that one's that one's banished. Um, you know, goldfish, fish. I'm died. hearing people saying TMI and cancel, cancel. I know, right. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> exactly, Jessica. I agree. It, I don't care if that cheeseburger's been there for twenty years; it's going to stay there. We got a uh, we got a caller here. Okay, okay. Oh, it, it's Robert's yeah. brother. Oh, okay. hey, music, music man. man. Oh, how's it going? You it came in at the best time. We're talking about colon cleansing. Yeah, Python's on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they go hand in hand there, music man. Right. Well, I just got back home. I went to McDonald's getting some food. Oh, very good. Very good. What did you get? Uh, double quarter powder deluxe and a large fry. Oh, well. <laughs> that sounds like a Pulp Fiction meal to me. Um, <laughs> well, there's uh, lettuce, onion, tomato, pickle. Uh, mayonnaise on there, yeah. Uh, special sauce. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right, slightly. Um, you know, we might have to send something over that way. Um, <laughs> no, nothing like following a colon cleansing with a story about food. That's <laughs> <laughs> free stock. Well, <laughs> I feel empty inside. <laughs> uh, sometimes our McDonald's, uh, they, uh, they're they greasy and their fries are salty. Sometimes I call them a heart attack in a sack. Oh, wow. <laughs> I get, you know, there was actually a... a, a Lately for me, a, it's been Zaxby's and Chick-fil-A, but I've got to kind of break that habit. Well, McDonald's in, uh, in Texas, once upon a time, used to sell fries in a bucket. Ooh. Oh, I don't remember. They would that. sell them in like a little a little bucket, like you would go and build sandcastles with. <laughs> they would sell fries in a bucket, a, a um, metal bucket. No, a plastic bucket, no less, where you can get all the contaminants yeah. from the plastic onto the to the hot fries. So, 
Um, I think they quickly uh, got rid of that. I don't. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody to complain about that. I, I must I have think already. He can smell his hamburger, or somebody's <laughs> cooking. S- smell something. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a python. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I want to python smell like don't wait as much as I don't really want to hear any more about some of that but uh you said something about he poured detergent on on the uh I mean well, yeah you can't How many have people have detergent in the bathroom He was in the toilet you got to clean your python don't Wayne or before they take it away It's not my python you want people to see Okay next next <laughs> cancel, cancel, cancel. Oh boy. I mean really You're speechless. Yes. Yeah, yes, moving yes, on. Like, moving on. Um so, that's right, BP. Smell what the rock is cooking. Um All right, well that's that's the uh Last story that I planned, and I don't have any way of following yours, Dennis Lee. So, <laughs> you, you have do you have an epilogue for that? Um, well, let's see. Um, I do have uh, one little ditty about filling the ocean. I, let's see how long that is. So we might not be able to make that happen. Um, filling the ocean. Filling the ocean. Okay, here we go. It's a question that a, a, a child had asked. <clears throat> um, and this is off of the conversation by Tony Wong. Um, if everyone on the earth sat in the ocean at once, how much would the sea level rise? So, um, you're not looking uh, for an answer, are a, you? Oh, no. Well, you can throw one out if you like. Um, I don't have one. <laughs> Okay, so a hypothetical questions like what would happen if everyone on Earth went for an ocean swim at once are fun to think about, the article says, and using math, you can get pretty close to a real answer. Let's start by considering a smaller version of the same question. If you fill a bathtub all the way to the top and hop in, you know you're in for a soggy cleanup. The water overflows because your body pushes it out of the way. Something called displacement. Since the tub has a solid bottom and sides, the only direction the water can go is up and out. The amount of space an object, in this case, you, you, or the object, that is, takes up is called (laughs) volume. The volume of water that flows, overflows the tub is equal to the volume of your body, yes? Uh, Now think about a situation. Well, there you go, Donald Wayne. Think about a situation where the bathtub is only half full. And as you hop in, the volume of your body still pushes the water up. You can calculate how much the water level in the tub will rise with a few simple math equations. And then suppose a bathtub is a rectangular box, which would be an odd bathtub. You can figure out how much the water level will rise when you sit down in the tub by considering how much volume you are adding to the tub and what size area you are spreading this volume over. (laughs) The amount of water level rises is equal to the added volume by the area. And there will be a quiz. 
for a bathtub that is five feet long and two feet wide, the area is 10 square feet, yes? Um, no, don't Google it. Now let's figure out your volume. To make math easier, let's suppose that you, like the bathtub, are also a rectangular box, Donald Wayne. Let's say you're about four feet tall and two feet wide from left to right and one foot deep from front to back. The volume of your body would be four feet by two feet by one foot or eight cubic feet. When you sit down, you're adding the volume of approximately half your body to the tub. This means the height of the water rise is equal to the volume of half your body divided by the area of the tub. Using the estimates above, this leads to water level rise of four cubic feet by 10 square feet, which equals five inches. You, you, you sound like my old algebra teacher. <laughs> you would certainly notice that, wouldn't you, Donald Wayne? Uh, uh, you, can think about, you can think about the oceans as a gigantic bathtub then more than 70 percent of the earth's surface is ocean giving this bathtub an area of about 140 million square miles to figure out how much water will rise we need to know the volume of people sitting in it and divide it by its ocean area currently there's eight billion people give or take a few on the earth human beings come in all sizes from tiny babies to large adults Let's assume the average size is five foot tall, a bit bigger than a child, with an average volume of 10 cubic feet. Only half of each person's body would be submerged when they sit down. So only five <laughs> cubic feet adds to water level with 8 billion people total. You can calculate five times 8 billion, which gives you a whopping 40 billion cubic feet that would be added to the oceans. But remember, okay. this volume was spread over the vast area of oceans using the same bathtub math as before. Now, this is bathtub math. That's a new phrase for you. We divide 40 billion cubic feet of water into over the 140 million square miles of ocean. The answer, the total rise in sea level would be about 0 0.00012 of an inch or less than one one thousandth of an inch. Every com Everyone completely submerged themselves. This would double the answer, and blah de blah de da 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 about the width of a human hair. It turns out the oceans are enormous, and humans are just a drop in the bucket. And well, so if you wonder, Donald Wayne, what will this do to help you further yourself in life? Absolutely nothing. Um... But this is the kind of questions that kids will ask. And I don't well, know if they, if they comprehended anything that this individual said. There's, so. there's another factor in there that you didn't cover. I mean, if everybody jumps in the ocean, it really depends on how many get eaten by sharks before, you know, uh, you can figure out how, how high the ocean will rise. Right? Right. And I would imagine oh, uh, that it would be a pretty big percentage that you're going to lose if everybody jumps in the ocean. Uh, although, if we could get some uh, Democrats to jump in the ocean, maybe well, maybe we know, could get somebody um, to test that. Well, and then, you know, what would that do to, you know, with all the water on Earth, you know? Um, 
on Earth and its oceans, and then if you go to other planets um, that have no. as much or less or no. more water, such as <laughs> no. you know, <laughs> I'm warning you. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm warning you. I know where you're going. I'm warning you. Yeah. I would have thought, really, though, I would have thought that they would have raised the water level a little bit more than that. But, you know, since. I would have, too. Yeah. Unless. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm I'm going to put that in I there mean, along with. Yeah, uh, those calculations <laughs> will be useful for actual, I was, absolutely nobody. I was trying to write all that down as you were talking, and I, I just couldn't. I couldn't keep up with you, so I'll need you. And actually, you. if all the people were in the ocean, it would create another landmass of flesh. <laughs> so uh, they didn't we'll they create didn't a bridge. So, we could have a bridge right, over over troubled waters too. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for that. I I feel smarter well, than I was when I sat down it, here tonight. Um, you know, anytime that we can get in the water and do a colon cleanse, I mean, I'm down. So, yeah. I'm. Thanks, BP, for not encouraging him to go that other direction. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric, I'm still here. Can you get Can you get us out of this? <laughs> well. Um, you know, since I guess we're about to call it a night here in a few minutes. Um, of course, a uh, shout out to our Podbean chat. You know, people like BP49 and Jess Duck and Moxie and Crimson, James from the Slightly Serious Show, Jeremy from the Cummings' Culture Podcast, you know, the you know Robert's brother, the Music Man, and Jester from the It's Doomsday Podcast and and other friends who join, join this live cast, as well as Lou Rock and Rome and Lady Me and a few others you know, who briefly stopped in, you know, we appreciate you. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, Chris um, is entering the second half, second hour of his music podcast, the forgotten tunes. Um, if anybody's interested in, in, you know, winding down with some great, great music to, to end their day. And, but, you know, starting tomorrow, like Wednesday on the Podbean schedule, you've got, the old man's podcast with Dina, Joe and Eric, the, the chit chat with the old man morning show starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And hopefully the John DeVito will be go- show will be going live at 1130 a.m. Eastern time with the Wednesday show. Um, Frankie D's crib will be going live at 3 p.m. Eastern time and Cummings' culture will be on at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Chuck and Billy's not your cup of tea. I presume will be on around 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, the Wednesday edition of the slightly serious show at nine thirty PM Eastern time. And, and of course, like impromptu shows include, you know, Lyra and Lou's communication station and pink squirrels. Whose podcast is this anyway? And lady me's a day in the life of me, the milk dog 2020 show. And, and a few other podcast friends that go on at impromptu times. And, um, and then of course, Later in the week and come the weekend, you've got the old man's Friday night music show and you've got Chris Unplugged with two peas in a podcast and David with Mysteries of the Paranormal, Poetic with the Holy Shift, the Turfy Show, the It's Doomsday podcast and Lyrical Laxatives. Um, but, and then this Thursday, um, the Ralph William podcast returns and that's Thursday morning at 
at 6 a.m. Eastern time. That should be a great show. And hopefully our friends, you know, the um, It's Just Another Day in Paradise podcast will be back on Podbean again soon. And also Friday evening around 7 and 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, you've got Felix with The Swap Doesn't Lie. Um, you know, and, and hopefully friends of the Slightly Serious Show you know, are enjoying the haps.tv experiment and, you know, hopefully we see that taken off. And in case anybody missed it, March 30th was the very last day that Twitter's Periscope platform was on the air. So um, be, be sure to check out video podcasts over on DLive, Twitch, and YouTube and a few other video platforms. But here's Dennis Lee now with, with how you can get in touch with Trice talking tall tales and rabbit hole is where well is where you can find the the published episodes and the, you know our live cast schedule. Before you, well, thank uh, you, Eric. Let me ask just a quick question, Dennis Lee. I'm sorry. Uh, I was looking at that Haps TV the other night, uh, Eric. After it was brought up, <laughs> yeah. I guess that was a Sunday night, and I went to that site and I tried to download that, and then. But when I got to the part where it said whether you agree to the terms and all that, and I tried to click on the that terms to, of service, you have to yeah. agree to that. Well, I it wouldn't let me see what they were. Uh, I could not pull them up, so I didn't. I didn't complete it, but I was looking at it. I was kind of or unless you had to look for it on the website. I may have to. Did you try, it, Dennis Lee? I have not. Not yet. Okay. Not way. Right. I'm going to plug it in the chat. Haps. I just wondered if anybody else had, a, TV. A, had tried to do it and, and if you had problems pulling up the uh, terms of service. So I'm not going to agree to anything if I can't read it. So I'm just wondering. not agreeing to nothing. <laughs> yeah, I um, ain't signing up for that. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Sorry, Dennis. Uh, well, th- no, you're fine. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'll DM y'all an invite to it because, okay. I, I mean, I can get some points for that. Okay. Greatly appreciated, sir. And I'll, I'll DM um, one to you as well, Donald Blaine. Thank and you. If you would like to, uh, you know, DM us, uh, you can uh, do that on Twitter at Tristalk WG Moon. If you want to, you know, do just about anything to us, do it there. Um, and you can email us at Tristalk69PTS at gmail.com with any questions or concerns or suggestions um please uh keep those picks uh out of, you know out of there um we got in a little trouble last time so uh but yeah we'd love to hear from you and um be sure to uh follow us on our facebook page where we post the majority of the articles that we use and all the shows are posted there as well make sure to follow us and get updates on new postings um and um, you can find us on Spotify at Tristalk and Amazon Music at Tristalk. Um, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone with mini pods and impromptu shows in between. And I have to say, Donald Wayne has been doing an awesome job loading up um, the evening with mini pods. And uh, really good content on those Thank as well. You. Yeah, that uh, <clears throat> um, that was a heated one last night. Uh, yes, HR one. Um, yeah, and I, I encourage people to go back and download that. Uh, you you CPP is trying to, to encourage you. 
I know. Um, he snuck it in. So, <laughs> um, so if you want to get explicit and, you know, you just have the need to talk about your anus, you can come on over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole and we'll do it. Um, you know, abductions, Bigfoot, um, any conspiracy theories, just don't be a deranged uh, sicko. Uh, we'll have to kick you out and you'll never be welcome back again. Um, but we're on every um, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, thereabout, with impromptu shows as well. And um, we appreciate you. We love you. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, thank you so much. Yes, thanks, everybody, for spending time with us tonight. And uh, um, loving God bless you, everybody. We look forward to y'all. Uh, Joining us tomorrow night, which is, uh, what is tomorrow, Wha- Dennis Lee? Yeah, wacky Wednesday, right? Oh, wacky Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, and you never know what we're going to do on Wacky Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> um, if, if we had an opening theme for the, the Wacky Wednesday episode, like I said, it, we'd have to include the audio clip of Lara, of course. Well, we may have to do that. We haven't played that in a while. We need to do that tomorrow night. (laughs) Do that tomorrow Um, night. Yeah, and and Laura knows we love to pick on her about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we could probably make. But she knows it's in good fun. We could make a good tape of of Laura and then and pepper it in with some Robert, and we'd have we'd have a good promo. (laughs) Yeah, and a and a and a delightful potato as well. So. Uh, that would be good. Yeah, Cummings, you missed the part where we were talking about taters earlier. So, uh, but uh, we were having a discussion about the pronunciation of tater. All right. Uh, tonight's closing thought is what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. And that's by Henry Henry David Thoreau. Words to live by. And uh, we're going to get out of here with something from Blue. Dennis Lee, if you'd like to uh, get that light switch, we'll uh, hopefully see everybody tomorrow night. Let me pull the chain, Donald Wayne and Eric. It's over. Good night, everybody. I said what I will tell happened just the other day. I must confess, cause I've had about enough. I need your help, gotta make this here thing stop. Baby, I swear the truth about all the things we used to do. And if you thought you had me fool, I'm telling you now, rejection over. Here go, oh baby. One for the money and the free rises, two for the lie that you denied. All eyes, all eyes, all eyes. You're on the stand with your back against the wall. Nowhere to run and nobody you can call. Oh no, I just can't wait. Now the case is open wide. You try.
jury will decide oh, baby i swear the truth about all the things you used to do.